In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. We live in a world of contracts. They're so pervasive that it's like the air we breathe, we hardly notice them. My contract with Duke Energy provided warm water for this morning's shower. My contract with Google helped me finish this sermon. Our contract with Frontier allows us to broadcast our worship online. We live in a world of contracts, and a key part of any contract is stating who owes what to whom if one party breaches the contract. Most times it's simple, right? If we don't pay Frontier, they don't provide internet. If their network goes down, we don't pay them. But sometimes it's more complicated. For instance, our doctor's office at one point had a new no-show policy. If you broke the informal contract of an appointment without telling them, you paid $50 in compensation. In the world of contracts, if one party breaks the promise, the contract is broken too, and the wrong party is compensated. So our church operates in this world of contracts, but we're aiming for something higher than contractual relationships with each other. Can you imagine what would happen if we had a no-show policy in church? At $50 per person, per Sunday, we would make a ton of money, but we probably wouldn't make anyone happy, and we definitely wouldn't make God happy. Because in God's home, and in all relationships of God's family, our relationships aren't to be contractual, but covenantal. There's a big difference here. A contract can be broken, a covenant is forever. A contract gives one good for another, where a covenant gives oneself to another. A contract ends when one party fails, a covenant requires more sacrifice when one party fails. No-show policies actually are a great illustration for the difference between contracts and covenants. If I forget to keep an appointment with my doctor, I just pay him 50 bucks and we are square. He is not obligated to call me up and ask, are you okay? Why didn't you show up? How's your cholesterol? His office simply moves on to the next patient. A covenant relationship, however, is more like a familial bond than a professional one. If your child doesn't show up one night for dinner, you don't move on to the next one, I hope. You find out where she is, what happened to her, and you make sure that she's cared for. Your child's failure to show up does not end your commitment. It instead requires an increased commitment to love and to serve. God's relationship has always been covenantal, like the love of a father or a mother. In Isaiah, God says that no mother can forget the child that she has nursed. 
But even if she forgets, says God, I will not forget you. God loves without condition. And his children, and as his children, he wants us to learn this deep love for him and each other. God knows this would make us happy, but it doesn't come easy. We live in a world of contracts, and this transactional thinking has pervaded our our minds and our hearts. That's where the Pharisees go wrong in today's gospel reading. They are treating the bond of marriage like a contract instead of a covenant. If this party breaks the promise, the marriage contract is broken, and this is the compensation, they argue. Jesus takes pains to remind them and to remind each of us that marriage is not a contract between two parties, but a covenant between two people and God, as old as creation. When one of the married parties fails the covenant, be that in small ways or in big ways, the first solution is not to break the contract and exchange goods. The solution is found instead in covenant with God and most profoundly in the new covenant with Jesus. God's love for his people has always been long-suffering. When we don't love God well, God never stops loving us back. Instead, God's love has become a long-suffering love. It's a love that suffered because it's not reciprocated. And we who are love also suffer precisely because we can't reciprocate as we would. We are so often no-shows before God, yet God keeps his promise whether we keep ours or not. It has always been this way with God. Jesus made this covenant new in not just suffering for us, but in suffering actually with us. And neither betrayal, nor denial, nor even death could break this holy bond. Having loved his own who were in the world, it is written, he loved them until the very end. And so that's why the cross is the great symbol of our faith and the great symbol of this season and why we raise it over the head of any married couple in God's church. For if at times we're not loved well by our spouse or our children or our brothers and sisters in faith, we're not entitled to break off and collect a no-show fee and move on. Instead, God urges us to make our contracts into covenants, to toss aside that tattered contract between two and in place of it, make a holy covenant with three. He urges us to trust him as young love gives away to a suffering love. For only this awesome cross-shaped love of our Lord has the power to transform all of the no-shows out there, all of the no-shows in here, into joyful participants in his eternal covenant, now and always, and unto the ages of ages.